HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hello, Greenhorns. This is Severin coming to you again from the Hudson Valley with the snowstorm just fading and the sun peeking out behind the clouds. This is Radio 4 Young Farmers by Young Farmers every Thursday at 2 o'clock, hosted by myself and sponsored by Hearst Family Ranch in California. Wonderful beef for you and me. I'm joined today on the air live in person um, by Alex Gifford, who is on the line. Alex, are you there? Hello. Hello. Welcome. How's it going? It's going really good. It's cold, but it's okay. Yeah, it's beautiful out. Tell us where you're coming to us from. From uh, Wilton, Connecticut. Sun uh, just came out here. Oh, wonderful. Oh. Not so far, in fact, nope. from uh, our Hudson Valley. And tell us what you've been up to in Wilton, Connecticut. Well, uh, recently uh, the farm has uh, slowed down, but I've uh, been doing a lot of soil making, turning over the compost piles. And uh, been preparing for this coming spring, looking through seed catalogs, getting the greenhouse cleaned out. It's a very nice time to fantasize about greenliness and flowers, and exactly. sometimes a time to be over generous with the flowers, which is a, yeah. a good impulse. Um, would you mind catching us up with your project and what what's been going on for the last year on your side of the world? Well, this was my first uh, season going. Um, larger scale, and I, I have one acre under cultivation in uh, Weston, Connecticut. I uh, found um, other gardeners through uh, Craigslist, actually, and uh, found someone who wanted to convert a baseball field to a uh, garden. And uh, so we cleared out that land and uh, planted a vegetable garden, got a lot of friends together, and uh, had uh, an abundance of food and canned a lot of it and Got to sell some uh, excess to local farm stand and uh, got to meet a lot of people in the process. The funny thing about starting a farm, you do tend to meet a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, let's talk about some of the things that it takes just from a startup perspective because I think that's a lot of people's interest is what, is, what are the dynamics in that, in that initial initiation phase starting from bare ground or, in well, your case, starting from a baseball diamond. Give us yeah, a little play-by-play. I mean, just reaching out um, to, you know, all your friends and family and asking uh, questions. Um, I'm a seeker of knowledge, so I, you know, pick everyone's brain of, you know, what they know about, you know, gardening and uh, or farming, uh, you know, things that I'm interested in. And through that, uh, you know, people told their friends about it. And I've received a lot of positive energy um, towards, 
you know, the gardening. People want to come and see it and, uh, you know, share what they know about it. And um, I would say just be open, you know, to all um, knowledge, you know, coming your way because it's all useful. Now, you were starting this farm, and it was a baseball field. Wasn't that a little bit compacted, the soil? Yeah. I mean, it was built um, by just uh, they took in fill, um, you know, from other I think they, you know, scraped away this hillside and and um, compacted it. Yeah, there were a lot of rocks. Um, uh, at the beginning, we actually pulled the sod off the field because um, it was filled with weeds, and we just made it into a big pile, you know, with a big excavator. Um, we had a couple machine um, angels on our side that helped out with the project. Wait, let's talk about those machine angels because... Uh, if you are like me and talk to many young farmers, you will discover that in the pantheon surrounding every young farmer in that community, there are these guys, yet typically guys, who have these machines that they um, use to help the young farmers with uh, to achieve their ambitions. So yeah. tell us the story of how you discovered your machine angels. Well, I guess it's just the story. The story about you know finding this initial garden. I I was sitting around around this time last year, um, you know, putting my seeds in trays and getting excited, and then reaching out uh, to friends and got in touch with um, this guy Bob that owns a baseball field, and he is a developer, and um, he's built a bunch of you know multi-million dollar houses, and he uh, knows a lot of um, contractors. And um, doing this farm was, um, you know, he wanted to um, do the farm here. He just didn't have the knowledge um, and all the time to do it. And uh, so he's been helping out a lot, and uh, his friends have been jumping on board. And from the beginning, um, you know, when I met him in February, we started, you know, right away uh, with a big excavator and uh, dug a... Um, trench around the whole, after peeling all the sod off the field, we dug a trench around the whole field and put all the rocks in there and, and put chicken wire in for the gophers to keep the gophers out. And um, right now we have uh, an excavator there uh, turning over our compost piles. But it's been, it's been on and off with the machines, but every, you know, when you're relying off of free help, you just, uh, you know, take um, whatever help you can. Uh, when you can, you know. Yeah, I hear you. Well, and and I've noticed there tends to be a, um, a necessity to feed the people afterwards. Do you have some kind of a kitchen set up where you can have that kind of um, eating? No, we eating well, yeah, we have an outdoor. We cleared uh, a nice area. There's a little hill overlooking the baseball field, and uh, we have a grill going all summer. Pretty much every day, it's going, and um, we. Uh, grill up uh, vegetables out of the uh, garden and or burgers or whatever. Doesn't sound too bad. Sounds like maybe um, some of our radio listeners might be interested to volunteer on your farm. Yeah. Um, one thing that they would, would help them if they were interested to do that would be to go online and see the beautiful photographs um, that one of your neighbors took. Um, how do they... Can you, will you remind us about that website? Um... Or what I could easily more easily find it with a Google. You have to search um, 
on Google, it's Viv's Hot Shots, V-I-V-S-H-O-T-S-H-O-T-S, and uh, it's the first link. And then uh, you go to Field of Greens, and there's about 1,600 pictures of uh, the baseball field from the very beginning in February to uh, about now when we're composting the leaves. It's really, really beautiful, and I've um, I've posted it on um, the Greenhorns blog. So if that if that gets frustrating, you can easily Google it on our blog, which is um, you know the Greenhorns.wordpress.com. So that's a way for folks to be able to visualize what it exactly looks like when you transform a baseball diamond into a farm, which frankly is a really great idea. Um, and there's even other lesser sports um, available for the converting. Uh, all sorts of like shot put I can shot put fields in my in my past that I thought might make really good orchards. Yeah, um, soccer fields or <laughs> anything. Any open We might state. have to. We might get. We might get some angry calls. Um, one thing I wanted to to talk to you about um, in in thinking about next season is how you're going to plan. Um, to be a little bit more organized with your volunteers or with your planting plan and marketing, what are the next steps um, to making this project, like taking this project to the next level? Well, it's just been, um, you know, the networking and um, using the knowledge I've gained from last season to make it more efficient. Um, I definitely do have plans. Uh, I know uh, more of, you know, what crops to plant for my customers. Um, and what you know, what I need to do to work more efficiently in the field, um, but uh, and also my my volunteers that worked last year have learned a lot more in the process. I'm going at this year. It's uh, it's almost a completely different project because we're taking on a lot more. Uh, I've linked up with a couple more um, gardens locally, and you know we're all going to help each other, and um, I'm really excited uh, about this season. It's exciting. It's a very exciting thing. Well, let's talk about what crops people want to eat in um, Western Connecticut. What what was surprised? I was very surprised about the lettuces. I've talked a lot about the lettuces, but yeah, um, I, what I sells have, near uh, you? Hmm. What's what's like the big hot seller near you, and what is surprisingly yeah, greens, difficult to move? Uh, I mean, greens are great. Um, I mean, for me, it's still a lot of education. So I'm growing, you know, a lot of everything. My seed list was like seven pages. Um, this season, but, you know, main sellers, tomatoes, cucumbers, um, some cut flowers, um, but greens, you know, are definitely a money maker, um, and, because uh, they grow really quick, um, I have a nice little spot, um, that grows, uh, you know, green, the most beautiful, yummy greens, and, uh, herbs as well, you know, uh, basil, um, a lot of demand for that uh, around here. People get so excited about basil; it's amazing. It's awesome. <laughs> are you so doing any? Um, well. Are you doing? Could you describe maybe um, your growing techniques? In ter- you're using machines, and you're not, using. I mean, not really. Uh, we we did use uh, a machine at the beginning just to help pull out the rocks, you know, because there were big rocks in the field, and then uh, we've just been weeding by hand and. Um, uh, you know, mulching, and uh, we haven't been using any uh, pesticides or fertilizers or anything. And um, 
we've just kind of been letting the plants uh, do their thing. And so would you call yourself an Elliott Coleman school? Um, and that you're doing raised beds and pretty intensive cultivation, or what are the what are your main like sources other than your friends where you're learning about what to do? Um, other local farmers, um, you know, and that's pretty much it. Just friends and uh, local farmers. I mean, I've I've read uh, some books. Uh, I've read a lot of Elliot Coleman stuff, um, and I've got a lot more experimenting <clears throat> on the farm to do this year to learn uh, more of what I want to do. Um, I'm really excited about, um, you know, growing in hoop houses, uh, raised beds. Uh, the composting I've been doing this winter has been really successful um, with uh, taking leaves and grinding them up, adding manure and, you know, worm castings, and it's really beautiful stuff. And doing that in raised beds and hoop houses, growing greens, um, is something that gets me really excited. And, well, you know uh, the USDA will give you um, the materials to do a um, a covered hoop, not a not a greenhouse, but a um, those you know those hoops, those season extension hoops. Yeah. With the um, with the membrane on top. Cool. There, you can go on the website of the USDA and uh, know your farmer, know your food, and there's like a whole video, and then there's a link to the program where, if you register yourself as a farm, then you can get a free kit. Nice. Anyway, useful to know, maybe? Yeah, I need to read more. I mean, I'm still just so new to everything. I mean, I have been, you know, interested in it a couple of years now, but it's the kind of thing that, I mean, my whole life I've been interested in it, but I've been actively pursuing, you know, farming for a couple of years and and uh, just takes, you know, seasons of learning. There's so much, just such a huge uh, industry, you know. I went out to uh, the Natural Foods Expo in Boston, um, last uh, fall, and, uh, you know, it's, there's, I don't know, thousands of booths, and, uh, you know, it's big industry, but, you know, they had all the organic stuff and different countries representing, and there were also some, you know, individual farmers there that had booths amongst all these, you know, international companies, and uh, that was pretty inspiring. I talked to a Noni farmer from Hawaii and uh, a belted Galway uh, you know, farmer from uh, Virginia and uh, a sheep uh, farmer from California. And uh, that was really inspiring, you know, seeing uh, small farmers being, you know, really successful in, uh, you know, this time especially. Yeah, it's funny, funny. My, my friend Derek just came back from the Fruit and Vegetable Expo in uh, Syracuse, New York. Nice. And he said it was really funny to see Cheek by Jowl, Dow, Dow AgriScience, um, you know, selling him chemicals, um, yeah. and then you know, Grandma selling her pies. Yeah. And there's this wonderful thing, this wonderful um, um, diversity of scale that happens in on, in the landscape and in agriculture. Yeah. Well, what do you what do you feel like? Where where do you feel like you're going to go? I mean, professionally, do you want to be doing a small farm, or is this going to be combined with other skills? Like, play it out a little bit. It it has to. You have to combine you know, all your skills. I'm out, you know, uh, moving furniture for people, you know, and, and doing tree work and, and uh, on the side uh, to get by um, because my, you know, farming project in its, uh, you know, fledgling stages hasn't, you know, been paying my bills. Uh, but I think that it will, um, you know, in time. And uh, I definitely want to always be growing my own food, 
Uh, I want to continue to learn. This is like an education process for me. Um, you know, I want to go stay with other farmers. Um, I mean, I just learned about woofing and, uh, you know, going and staying, you know, somewhere and learning, you know, permaculture from a farm that's been there, you know, 50 years is gaining knowledge that, you know, would take you, you know, so long to learn. And, and in case you hadn't already known about it, there's a wonderful resource. It's uh, the Organic Volunteer Network, and it's uh, www.growfood.org. And they just had a really awesome uh, relaunch with more kind of Web 2.0 functionality where essentially you as a volunteer can connect with farms that are looking for volunteers and um, cool. make that connection and organize your trip so that you can have a fun adventure, farm-based adventure. Yeah, I mean, I also, I mean, using it to learn what I want to do as well, like uh, aquaculture interests me, and I could spend thousands of dollars, you know, doing it myself um, and making mistakes, uh, or I could go and stay with an aquaculture or multiple aquaculture places and learn if it's something I want to do and learn what type of, you know, system I would want to use. Yeah, there's... Um just reading a book, and it said the future is dark. And it, they, when they said that, they didn't mean that it was dark, like there's darkness. It's more like it's unknown and we have to discover. Yeah. And sometimes that discovery process and that, that journeyman period where you're really figuring out what kind of a person you are in relation to the plants and the animals and the activities that are most fulfilling to your particular soul, it seems like that takes a few years to figure yeah, that out. It definitely takes some time. Even just a place, uh, you know, so many, you go and visit different farms and, uh, you know, if you're working in that field, uh, you know, you're going to be working in that field a lot and uh, you want to, you know, find a place that uh, you feel at home. And you know? get to know the edges of the field, not only the middle. Exactly. Like uh, my the baseball field backs up to an 1,800-acre open space and I'm out there hiking all the time, you feel more at home in the woods, you know, than uh, in uh, on the field almost. What's growing in your forest? What like what's the predominant? Um, it's ma- a, what's it's the matrix? Very what's similar growing? to uh, around where you are, just deciduous. Uh, there's some ridge lines with uh, some pitch pines, um, some marshy shrubs, uh, but uh, mostly like uh, just oaks, some beech and maples. And are your leaves coming from that park, or are they coming from, like, the surrounding... I must, yeah, there we, must uh, be houses. If it's Connecticut, there must be houses. Oh, yeah. It's a fairly suburban, you know, area, lots of houses. And um, we just uh, put the word out to uh, a few contractor friends, um, landscapers, and um, told them about the farm and told them what we needed. And they, uh, you know, made sure just to give us the you know, cleanest leaves and, you know, uh, they would go around with their vacuum truck and um, they would, you know, rake it into one line and then vacuum it up into a big box truck and then uh, bring it to the farm and dump it. And uh, and then we would regrind it. So it's already been chopped by the, the box truck and then it gets reground by this huge machine and... Uh, Wait, what's the what's the leaf chopper that you're using? Is it just like a chipper? No, well, yeah, it's a stump grinder. It's a more bark waste recycler. 
Whoa. And it, um, a, uh, a friend um, has two of them, and uh, there aren't many jobs right now. A lot of contractors, you know, equipment is sitting. And um, he has these waste recyclers um, sitting, and he brought it over to the farm, and chopping up leaves is, you know, like nothing uh, for it. It's probably, you know, good just to get the thing started up uh, every once in a while. Machines sitting idle must be must be uh, brought into use, starting yeah. building soil for the farms of the future. It sounds like a wonderful. Yeah, I mean, and it's cool. It's like a waste recycler, and we're turning leaves that would be, you know, thrown out and turning them into uh, really useful material. You know. But you're also one of the things. Um, my friend Christy, she runs a farm in Boston, really, really in the suburbs, and um, she gets lots and lots of grass cuttings and stuff. Um, leaves. She said that was awesome to find that, but she want, she really wanted um, some animal wastes, and that was kind of a challenge because there weren't too many dairies. Um, There's a lot in. of rabbit farmers in the city. There's a lot of people Sorry. with pets. Oh. And rabbit uh, rabbit manure is really good. Yeah, rabbit manure is really good. Wait, you're using rabbit manure mostly? No, I'm saying that that's in the city. She could probably f- locate a lot of uh, rabbit. If she people, if she just uh, um, posted an ad online or something, yeah, the trick would be transporting it around, yeah, and having enough. Yeah, but I have. Tell uh, us where you're getting your manure from. Um, there's a lot of horse uh, farms around here, um, uh, throughout Westchester and Fairfield County. Um, there's thousands of horses, all producing, you know, hundred pounds of uh, manure a day. And uh, they, a lot of it gets composted on the, the farm. A lot of these forces are on people's private property, and they just have a uh, compost pile that just sits there for 10 years and builds up, and you can go and shovel it out. Um, but uh, I just have a local uh, farm. They just throw it right in a truck and, um, and bring it over and uh, dump it off right at the farm. Whoa. What's the name of this farm, by the way? Um, the horse farm? No, the farm, the baseball field farm. The baseball field? It's called uh, Field of Greens. Field of Greens. Uh-huh. It's very exciting, I must say. It's a thrilling, a thrilling um, visual and a wonderful community story. And what I wanted to just um, ask you is if there's ways, in, spe- in specific ways, that people who maybe live nearby or... Um, or not even that nearby, could engage and help you if there's things that you need or um, specific kinds of help that you're looking for um, in the next year, call it out. What do you, what do you need? Um, I think, um, you know, we, uh, we did have a couple uh, farm parties um, last year, a spring or a summer one and a fall one, and uh, we're definitely going to, um, you know, throw that invitation out there again and uh, get people over to the farm. Um, we're going to keep posting pictures um, of the farm as we go along this season and, uh, and hopefully um, be posting, you know, something for volunteers to guide them. Um, but it is, uh, right now it's just a few people, um, you know, helping out and, and uh, uh, opening, it, um, opening it online is like something... Uh, that I, we haven't uh, just haven't done yet. 
probably will will do uh, this season. So you maybe need help with getting um, a few bands together, maybe some keg uh, donations from some local Any, breweries? You know, anything. Like, uh, I I want people to come to the farm and, you know, feel comfortable, just walk around, you know. Uh, I have a hard time telling people um, what to do because uh, farming is like, uh, a lot of it is, you know, monotonous, uh, you know, hard, <laughs> you know, shoveling or moving rocks or weeding and, um you know, it's it's a community place, and getting people there, artwork, you know, just uh, going hiking, uh, uh, music, um, you know, taking pictures, or just enjoying the place is, uh, you know, uh, all that I really want, you know? Well, I admire what you're doing a lot, and it, it's good that the rock moving is in the beginning and not two years down that you discover all these rocks. I think it, it matches... Yeah. In many ways, it matches the young muscles up with the big jobs, and then once you build your soil, you kind of there's much less toil. Yeah. So I wish you much luck in this project, and um, if you're interested, dear radio listeners, to get involved and come to the parties and maybe help him put up a website or in some yeah. way contribute to this fabulous emergent uh, art form, which is yeah. this baseball field farm called Fields of Greens, you can get in touch with Alec. How? You can email me. And what's your email? Alec Gifford at Yahoo. Well, there you go. So um, that's that. We're almost done. I wanted to make a few plugs about a few things um, before we go, the first of which is the NOFA New York. Oh, sorry. We had the NOFA New York mixer, and it was wonderful. I met lots and lots of wonderful people and fabulous band called the Buff Orpington Quartet who are out of um, – well, New Hamburg, New York, right along the river of the Hudson River. And they're wonderful, wonderful, energetic agrarian band. Uh, they are farmers who run Common Ground and who run Poughkeepsie Farm Project. So that's a pretty great scene. And we had a lot of folks making felted um, necklaces and carding wool and molding beeswax. And we had a really cool video, archival video, um, installation, and it was awesome. And we're going to do it all again next month um, on February 22nd in Burlington, Vermont. And it's at the Firehouse, which is a local venue in downtown Burlington. Information on the blog, but that's the mixer for NOFA, Vermont. Um, NOFA, of course, is our fabulous regional sustainable ag organization founded by only one generation ago by our um, elders in this movement and obviously inhabited now by the spirit of this next generation and so beautifully um, accommodated in our rambunctious singing in the hallways and uh, it was such a nice time up in Saratoga Springs. The other thing just to put on your um, horizon is our upcoming Hoggett event and that is on the 20th of March um, upstate New York. Hoggett is a one-year-old um, lamb, uh, and hoggett is a very good meat to eat. It comes from the grass. It's very appropriate to this region, and we're going to do a hoggett cook-off at Kinderhook Farm in partnership with McEnroe Farm and in partnership with Animal Welfare Approved, and a few different kinds of things are going to be prepared by a few different kinds of chefs, some from the city and some from the country, and you should 
make sure you RSVP early if you want to come because it's going to be not that many slots. Again, that's the Vernal Equinox Hoggett Cook-Off. All these things and more you can learn about online at our blog. It is www.thegreenhorns.wordpress.com. Thank you all so much for being such wonderful radio listeners. Our listenership is up, up, up. The farmers are growing. It's very exciting, and uh, we are sponsored by Hearst Ranch. This is Severin. This is Greenhorns Radio. Have a lovely afternoon.